The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, a land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America, and we truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue We're America, your country, and America wants you it has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Today is September 30th already, 2014. I'm your co I'm your host, Gary Ray, and joining me today is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, and former commander for the Maryland DAV. Good morning, sir. Good morning to you, Gary. All right. And along with Bill, we have Jim Klug. He's the national historian, photographer, and former PR director for the Military Order of the Purple Heart. How are you doing today, sir? Doing well, Gary, and good morning, Bill. Good morning, Jim. (laughs) You know, Bill and Jim, we have so much going on right now, especially with uh, what's happening, um, you know where. And I'm just seeing if you have any opinion on, on what's going on with ISIS complicated situation uh uh-huh. gary and uh, it must be dealt with yes yeah. yes and I, agree. I agree i yeah. agree uh problems seem to have a way of finding us domestic or uh, international and uh and we seem to always be the uh the uh the, the governing body or group of patriots that uh, bring solution to those those challenges that's true. That's true. Hope it doesn't last long just to get, you know, get this thing going. You know, today being Absolutely. the last day of September, which is Suicide Prevention Month, we have quite a program. It's an organization that helps build stronger communities where individuals and families are finding the encouragement to face the challenges of life with the resources to adapt and heal. Bill, you have the honor of introducing our guest. 
And Gary, indeed, it is an honor. And as you just mentioned, that this is Super Suicide Prevention Month. Our guest is Chaplain Kenneth Kuhn, who's a major in the U.S. Army Reserve. He is the Executive Director of the Armed Forces Mission. Uh, he's got a vast education experience here, being a graduate of the North Georgia College, Master of Divinity, Southeastern Seminary, Doctor of Divinity in Counseling at the Master's Divinity School, uh, completed a unit of study in clinical pastoral education from the Georgia Baptist Hospital, which I understand now is the Atlanta Medical Center. He's also a certified ethics trainer, uh, receiving this certification through his study at the Army Professional Ethics uh, Center at the U.S. Military Academy in West Point, uh, New York. And he's a registered trainer of applied suicide uh, intervention, skills, and training. And as the executive director, he is a primary training instructor and provides first response and intervention for those that are at risk. Welcome. Welcome, Ken Moon. Well, good morning. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Welcome, Chaplain. Thank you, sir. It's great to be with you guys. All right. Now, I guess we can start from the beginning. Uh, Ken, tell us about the Armed Forces mission. Um, Well, Armed Forces mission was founded uh, Veterans Day 2012, and uh, it was... uh, uh, founded after much thought and prayer uh, in the work that we were doing. I was involved uh, uh, with another organization down in Columbus, Georgia at Fort Benning Military Ministries as part of Campus Crusade and uh, had, had an opportunity to work with about 20,000 soldiers over a year's time down there. Um, and I felt the need to move um toward more suicide intervention type training. And um, so we uh, took a departure from uh, that ministry and organized uh, Armed Forces Mission Veterans Day 2012. And we have been going 90 miles an hour ever since. So that's kind of uh, in a nutshell uh, where we're at. We Over the past, well, I'll say this, uh, 2014, um, we've still got three months left in the year, but our training is up 1,240% over wow. last year. So it's been a busy, busy year in 2014, and uh, it's just getting even busier. That's unbelievable. Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Now, you know, we hear all the time, uh, you know, there's 22 a day, and, but there's, that's only a handful of states reporting that, Correct. Absolutely. That's, that is a very conservative number, in my opinion, because not all the states do report. Um, but the, from what we can gather, based on the conservative numbers, uh, the rate of veteran suicide is about 22 a day, and we know that's low. Uh, but between 2005 and 2011, we have had 49,000 veterans that have taken their lives by suicide. Wow. And it, uh, so those numbers were that back, you know, a few years ago, that was like 18 a day. And then we reconfigured the numbers and looked at it again. Uh, so since 2011, it's gone up about 15% to the 22 mark. Um, the other thing is that that's about 300% uh, 
higher suicide rate among our veteran population than there is among the uh, general public. So, uh, uh, you know, one out of four people every day that die by suicide in the USA are going to be veterans. Chaplain, uh, this is Jim. Um, I, this seems to be a figure, uh, having come out of, the, of Vietnam in 68, uh, I don't believe I really heard about a suicide of veterans during that publicized and uh, reported on. And maybe I missed it, but maybe more specifically, my question is, um, my belief is, uh, maybe so this is rhetorical, um, is it in, are those numbers increasing, one, and if the answer is yes, and even if it isn't, why is the demographics of veterans at such a high risk to that ultimate alternative of self-destruction? Um, I, I do think that the numbers are increasing and have increased over the past few years um, based on the statistics that we have, but... There's a lot of uh, variables. Um, you know, the the suicide rate is actually higher now among the general population than, than, than car accidents. And, you know, people say, well, why is that? Well, you know, maybe one reason is because cars are safer today. But um, the reality is the numbers are going up. And if we go back and look at, you know, what's happened in our country over the past, well, since 2008, you know, the, the economy here in Georgia, and I think everywhere else kind of went downhill, and um, I was actually in real estate uh, uh, for several years, and in 2008, I, I got out, and that was only after uh, a, a broker friend in town had taken his life, and a builder friend in town had taken his life, and mm-hmm. and, um, and so there were a lot of factors that were going into it, and so when you're in the military, uh, you've got all the stressors that are common to the average person or average American, plus you've got the stressors that come from being in the military. So um, I don't know if I answered your question, but... Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, you, you have. It just, uh, it just seems um, to be something that, <clears throat> I don't know, it seems like perhaps maybe of late our nation is finally becoming aware of it, just like we are with veterans' benefits. We've talked about it <laughs> back from World War II. We talk about veterans' benefits, but it seems like no matter, uh, and, and this sounds negative, and I don't mean it sounds like, but it seems as though no matter how much work we put towards solving those problems, it, it, uh, <clears throat> I don't think it can ever be quite enough. And that sounds, that's why I say it sounds a little negative, but whatever effort is exerted, it's exactly what should be exerted. And there's, and I guess what I'm saying, ultimately, we can never exceed the value of effort to save a veteran from something so terrible as to ultimately take their life after such valiant service to this nation. It seems like a sad uh, epitaph to write on their gravestone that says that they survived combat and service only have taken their life because of despair. Right, right. that's right. But the battle continues when they've come home, and and uh, it's really interesting. Back when we formed uh, the the board of directors, and uh, got uh, even some still current active duty members who are on our board, and uh, retired CSM and retired general, and uh, various other individuals. 
uh, and I laid out the, the game plan, you know, here's our focus. It's going to be suicide intervention. And, and it was almost like among some of them, what are we going to do when we solve that problem? What's going to be our next mission? And I said, my friends, we're not going to solve the problem. You know, it's, it's an epidemic. And, and our hope is that we can just stem the tide, so to speak. And, and, and bottom line, just save as many as we can, but, but we're not going to make the problem go away. Um, mm. it, it, at best, we can just uh, raise the level of awareness and give the individuals that go through our training the skill set to uh, be aware, and not only to be aware, but to be able to do something about it and to provide that first responder type caregiver uh, activities that will keep them safe until they can get the further help they need. Chaplain Coon, this is, uh, this is Bill, and uh, while we're still in the uh, statistics arena, uh, you know, I, I have this belief that there's a direct connection uh, between uh, when our men and women return to home and community, uh, the kind of uh, care, help, and outreach that they receive. You know, what, 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 what terribly concerns me and all of us, uh, we had an opportunity to identify that uh, uh, who are on this program now, we either served with boots on the ground in Vietnam or we served during that particular era. And, you know, uh, for that time that uh, we were in Vietnam, we lost 58,210 of our brave men and women on the battlefield, only to find out as we returned to home and community from the battlefield and combat, we didn't reintegrate uh, uh, back as we should. So as a result no. of the depression, anxiety, we have ended up taking our lives and destroying destroying ourselves in greater numbers uh, by way of suicides than what we lost on the battlefield. Oh, absolutely. That's right. That's right. All right. Tragic. Tragic. If, if everyone could hold that thought, guess what time it is. It's break time. Today's show, <laughs> today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. Also, check out our local partners page to see the local businesses that support our veteran communities. Just be sure to support them back. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest, Ken. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes Network.com and syndicated on iTunes. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspiring really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Ken Kuhn, Director of Armed Forces Mission. And you are, want to go ahead with an, the answer to that, Bill's question? Uh, remind me what the question was again. <laughs> okay. Well, well, well uh, Chaplain, we, we were talking about the, the connection between care, help, and assistance for our returning veterans, uh, you know, whether in combat or in the era, as they return and reintegrating to uh, to home and, and community, as to uh, you know how important that is, uh, uh, in in trying to deal with the suicide uh, situation, and in addition, in these more recent serving veterans with the Gulf. Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, the great majority of these individuals have come from the reserve and the National Guard. These individuals uh, with their families were living successful and productive lives, raising a family, owning a home, sending the kids to school. And with these repetitive uh, deployment, it has come back, and that in itself has become a fracturing uh, experience in the family, leading uh, to the depression and anxiety, and ultimately in, in suicide. So, I, you know, it's the connection. Oh are, are, are we doing what we can to assist them when they get back uh, to try to stem this tide? Wow, Great that's, question. That's, that's a huge question, and. You know, uh, I always feel like there's more that we can do, um, but it, again, it, it gets back to we're dealing with a, a subject that is so stigmatized. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, you, you know, when was the last time you were at a Christmas ball or a function or, or you know, an employment, enga- uh, you know, just a, uh, a community engagement? Did you bring up the word suicide? No, you, you don't. You don't bring that word up in polite company uh, because there's so much stigma associated with it, um, and so it's very difficult. I've got folks that I've met uh, over the past couple of years. They won't even mention the word suicide. It's almost like there's some kind of voodoo curse on them if they mention the word. And, and um, so we've got to overcome that stigma and help people to realize, help the general public to realize that. You know, this is just another uh, uh, mental health issue, uh, just like bipolar, or, or it's, a, it's, a, it's a medical issue also, just like having heart disease or diabetes. We can talk about that, but we can't talk about suicide. Um, and it's just part of the human condition that we have a hard time discussing uh, with anybody. So the, the awareness is not as, as high as it should be. Um, but the folks that do become aware, a lot of them end up coming to our training because they, they say, gee, what can I do to help? You know, uh, it's not unlike uh, individuals that uh, 
want to know how to help somebody if they're having a heart attack, well, what do you do? The best thing you can do is learn CPR, you know, things like that. So uh, mm-hmm. when our awareness is increased, then we get the training. But I still think it's going to be a very small contingency of folks that are willing to even discuss it and get that training just because there's so much stigma associated with it. Um, Absolutely. You know, it, it, it will continue to be a challenge. I, I was just wondering, uh, what, what has your experience been with working in the faith-based community, you know, locally and even across the country uh, with this issue? Um, uh, in the, here in the Maryland National Guard, we, uh, we have a, uh, a Chaplain Sean Lee. I don't know if that uh, name rings a bell to you, but uh, Chaplain Lee uh, uh, has worked out a, a, a theme that's called Partners in care where he has tried as much as possible to get as many of the churches synagogues whatever you uh, have in the faith community to accept uh, this assistance and 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 with the family also being involved you know there's a saying that more women now attending church than the, than the guys are and I think that they have a significant connection and influence on those servicing people so ha- have you seen anything like that working uh, in your practice um, you know, I was supposed to be with uh, SAMHSA, and in, in, um, that's the Substance Abuse Mental Health uh, Group, um, and they had invited me to go to Mississippi back uh, a couple of months ago to do a faith-based uh, um, grassroots initiative. Um, I had uh, an Army function that I had to be at at Fort Dix at the same time, and, and so I had to bow out, but... Uh, Yes, I, I think that it's very, very important for the faith community to get involved. But here's the problem. You know, 28 years ago when I was going through seminary, I got zero training in suicide intervention. We did, It wasn't ever discussed in the three years it was in seminary. And even working on a doctorate in counseling, we just barely touched on this issue of suicide. And... So back in January, uh, we did a, uh, a two-day workshop and invited uh, pastors from all over the region to come. And um, to, to, to 100% of those who were there said they received no training in seminary on suicide intervention. And that's a problem, you know. So I called the, the seminary that I graduated from and said, are you guys doing anything in this area? And they said, no. I said, why not? Because the faith community needs to know how to deal with this issue. And here's a very telling uh, statistic. When there is a death by suicide in the faith community and, and it's with a family that's very active in the church, there's a statistic out there that says, and, and you're normally supposed to be able to quote your sources, so I'm sorry, I can't remember the source where I heard this. But within a year of the loss by suicide, the family in that church who had prior prior to the death had been very active in the church, 70% of them are no longer going to church. 70%. Wow. And so you have to say, 
why is that? And it may be because they're mad at God, but I think in many cases, it's because of the way the church body, the faith community responded to the situation. And I cannot oh. tell you, I cannot tell you how many times I've had folks who told me that there was a suicide in their church and it just kind of got swept under the rug. Uh, it's not something that we talk about. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's unfortunate because that is not, if, if we're, we're going to sweep it under the rug, um, mm-hmm. we just we just disengaged ourselves from the healing process because you don't ever heal by failing to address the issue. You heal by addressing the issues. And, and um, so I, you hit you hit a nerve for me there because it, it, it uh, the faith community has definitely got to be more engaged in this problem. Well, that, that's Jim absolutely again. correct, and I think you know even if you approach this from the standpoint of the interest in the family, you know, because uh, the uh, the extended effects that uh, what these deployments have had in the family, not only fracturing families, but the absence of one parent, both parents at the same time, kids that are left around who are at young ages, and now they become the next casualties, if you wish, for lack of a better word, uh, that are impacted, that we're still dealing with this down the line right that's right uh, back in uh, earlier part of the summer I had uh, a church that had called me to intervene for a young teenage girl and um, number one why do you want me to come and do it and, and point blank they said because we're not exactly sure how to handle this and this was a large church and um, so we did uh, an intervention for the the young lady. My wife went with me. She's trained also in intervention. And and um, the story, here's the story. Here, this is a young girl who her father was deployed. He's on his third deployment. He's not at home anymore. Uh, his mother, her mother had had some health issues. She's the oldest in the family. Uh, she's having to pick up um some of the responsibilities that uh, a young teenager really didn't need to be having. And uh, the siblings are starting to get frustrated with her because she's acting like the mother. And um, so consequently, um, all these contributaries led to her having suicidal thoughts. Um, And the truth of the matter is um, the children of deployed military members are at a higher risk even without all of the the other contributaries that this young lady had just the fact that uh, my dad or my mom is deployed increases the risk of suicide for for a teenager wow wow chaplain jim again uh, i um, i have to uh, share that as a 7120 battalion chaplain's assistant in Vietnam for uh, seven months after my first tour of infantry, uh, I found that um, each and every night we would our tent, chaplain's tent, and I uh, slept in the same tent with chaplain to protect him, um, and uh, we found that our tent was continually one of the more popular places besides the mess hall 
because we're always in a normal age, I should say, in a rear position. What I'm leading to is that the fellowship and the reassurance of the veterans there in Vietnam, and I'm sure that same uh, statement can be said for the, those that return today that have deployed. We need, I believe, we need some place, some um, facility by which we can come in that isn't under the normal uh, umbrella of the VA where veterans can come in and decompress and talk about the stressors in their life and come together one-on-one or group at their discretion and choice, but have that ability to meet those needs of our veterans. What are your thoughts? Uh, i tell you what, Jim, I, I fully agree. In fact, uh, we've created a program called the Courageous Project, and you can actually go to CourageousProject.com. Um, and the whole point of this project is to try to, to develop a place where veterans can, can be together in a, in, a, in, a, in a process of being able to talk specifically about a subject that uh, a lot of folks have not heard about, but it's the subject of moral injury. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term. I think the VA is just starting to recognize the term moral injury. It's not, it's not a uh, term that you're going to find in, in the diagnosis uh, handbooks used by mental health professionals. Um, but moral injury is, is something that kind of goes a step beyond uh, PTSD, which you guys all know PTSD is that fight, flight, or freeze syndrome. Um, yep. And so it's like when I walked out of Walmart parking lot the other day and somebody's car backfired and a veteran that was walking in hit the ground. I mean, that's PTSD. Uh, but moral injury is not necessarily that fight, flight, or freeze syndrome. But moral injury is just that aching in your heart that you can't get yep. beyond. And, um, and it's really related to something that you either saw did or were aware of or heard about that violated your personal moral code. And so, uh, and that's not the exclusive domain of, you know, the veterans and the military. I mean, moral injury happened uh, several years ago when Enron, you know, imploded and, and people actually took their lives because a company would, would do such a thing and leave them uh, with their finances totally devastated. So moral injury can affect everybody, but it's particularly uh, emphasized within the military community because we are subject, you know, in, in war to seeing things that, that, that are contrary to our own personal moral code. And to kind of give you an, an example, uh, back a couple of years ago when we first kicked off, I was visiting with a pastor in our community, and he had not been a veteran, so he said, can I invite um, one of our deacons to come and sit in on the conversation? And so I'm sitting there talking to the the pastor, and uh, the veteran is off in my peripheral for several minutes, and I'm explaining what we're trying to accomplish. And I just kind of noticed since that something was going on, I looked over, and here's a man who'd been in Vietnam, probably, I guess, what would it be in his 60s or late, uh, mid-60s, something like that. And he had tears in his eyes. And um, 
So I re I disengaged from the conversation with the pastor. And at that point, the pastor's in the peripheral and this veteran is in my focus. And, and, um, I just began to engage him and, 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 and try to draw out of him what was going on. And he unloaded a story from Vietnam that he'd never shared with anybody. And he, and he was just in tears. And he said, yes, this is something that we need. And I have had that happen over and over and over again. That was two years ago uh, when we first got started. Um, Friday night, I was down in Savannah. And um, I was speaking down there for a group. And after I got through, I had a, uh, a Vietnam uh, chief warrant officer who cornered me. And he and we ended up, you know, uh, said my hellos to everybody else. And, and he stood around and stood around and stood around. And finally, uh, there was no one left. And we spent a, probably an hour, an hour and a half together. Uh, but he just needed to decompress some things that had been heavy on his heart. And here, uh, here he was, 60, he was, this man, I think, was 64 years old, but he said at 50, at the age of 50, he had a nervous breakdown. He had a total mental, mental meltdown, really, uh, because of everything that he had gone through. And, he, and, he, and even now, he said he, he feels like there's no place I can go to really talk about uh, these things. And so that's one of the things we are trying to address. I think it's huge. It needs to be addressed. And it kind of goes back to the question uh, that we were discussing a little bit ago. Um, in Vietnam, the guys that came back, y'all came back to a different world than than what our post-911 guys are coming back to. And um, you came back at a very difficult time in our nation and, you know, I, I was too young to know, remember those things, but I, I remember hearing the stories of, of uh, soldiers being spat on when they came through the gates at the airport. Um, and so thankfully, we, we don't have that today uh, to, to any great extent. There may be some groups out there that way, but uh, thankfully, we do have uh, a more compassionate uh, community to come back to in many regards than you guys did when y'all were coming back. And so I think that's one of the reasons that we're hearing more about it because the, our level of compassion is hopefully a little bit higher than it was when you guys were coming back. Right. Gentlemen, could you hold that thought a minute? We're already past our break, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, you know, hey, that was interesting. You oh, can boy. learn more about uh, the American Heroes Network loyalty brands, American Heroes Water and Apparel, by going to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. To stay updated on your phone, text the word HERO, H-E-R-O, to 80464, or scan the QR code right off our website. As Travis Mills would say, don't quit, don't give up, just tell me when the water's on the truck coming my way. <laughs> I'm Gary Ray, uh, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest Ken. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
for those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans. Sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Ken Kuhn, Director for Armed Forces Missions. Now, you have a new project that's uh, going on. Is that right, Ken? We do, yeah. The... Um one of the things that we've done over the past year is we put the uh, all of our education and training under a new umbrella called the Master Resilience Institute. And so uh, Armed Forces Mission actually has two legs. The Master Resilience Institute is our training division. And then Send the Chaplain is our, is our primary focus on specifically doing personal intervention, chaplain support, counseling, coaching, things of that nature for not only uh, veterans, but active duty military. So the Send the Chaplain program is pretty cool because as an Army Reserve chaplain, you know, that the Army doesn't pay me to be a full-time chaplain, but the reality is part-time warriors have full-time problems, and uh, they, need, they, they need the access to the chaplain. And so we've been able to give them 24-7 support, and that has just grown exponentially. So we're very thankful for that. But the Masters Institute, yeah, we're very excited about that. The Master Resilience Institute, uh, we've established a, a, a program called Move the Body, Move the Mind. And with that, the whole purpose behind that is, you know, yeah, maybe maybe veterans need to be on meds. Maybe they need to go to counseling and all of those things. But one of the great benefits of exercise is that you can begin to rewire your 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 prefrontal cortex, you know, that's been just totally turned into mush because of everything that you've gone through. And so uh, a lot of the clinicians now are prescribing exercise before they prescribe meds. And um, so we want to take that to the next level. We're in the process of developing a center now here in our hometown that we hope can be a, a source for all the veterans that live within 30 miles of us. We've got 200,000 veterans that live within 30 miles of, of our hometown here. So uh, that'll be an outreach for them where they can come, exercise, and then also be involved in our courageous project, individual counseling, and things of that nature. So we're really, really excited about that. 
That's great. Wonderful. Wonderful. It sounds like uh, it's a a growing effort. I hope uh, before we, uh, at the end of the show, I hope, uh, Chaplain, that you'll uh, give us some, and I know Gary will have a listing of where you can be contacted. Uh, This is the knock on the door to literally 200,000 individuals out there listening across the United States and Europe that will have questions and connections and uh, want to touch base somehow. Um, I think that's a, a, a conclusion that I think we're sad to have, but thankful to have by virtue of the fact of your efforts and dedication. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, if, if folks are interested in learning more, they can go to standwiththem.com is our primary website, and, and that'll get you to all the other um, things that we're doing, the Send the Chaplain program and the Mass Resilience Institute. But uh, uh, standwiththem.com is our main website. Beautiful. Right. Tell us about Dr. Paul Wade. Oh, wow. Man, he's a great guy. He, uh, he this past year, has uh, really opened up doors for us uh, up in Fort Dix area. He's the suicide prevention um program manager for uh, the 99th Regional Support Command, and back at the beginning of the year, uh, he had put out word that he was looking for uh, some trainers to train all of the soldiers in his footprint, and so we responded to that, and he has just really put us to work. I think we've done uh, a dozen workshops for him this year. And uh, so he's one of the main reasons that our numbers are up so high uh, with, the, with the participants that we've, that we've trained. Uh, proactive, proactive in, in, in the training and keeping the, uh, the awareness high. So uh, very, very thankful for Paul. That's great. That's great. Now, how can people, you know, tell us again how people get in can get involved with the organization? Well, one of the things that they can do, first of all, uh, is um, they can take one of our workshops if they're in in the area. And we're all over the place. Uh, But if we haven't been to your community, you know, give us a call. There's a very good chance we might be able to come to your community. Uh, We've got a one-day workshop, four-hour workshops, and even the two-day workshop. And here in the state of Georgia, we actually have our two-day workshop as approved for continuing education for mental health professionals and for nurses. And so that's one of the things that we're doing to help uh, draw in the medical and mental health community uh, because, you know, they, they obviously they need the CE credit, uh, but they're also learning some very valuable skills. And, you know, a lot of mental health professionals will tell you that they just barely touched on these issues of suicide when they were getting their master's degree or whatever. Uh, and so the the, uh, the comments that we get back from the surveys when they leave the course have just been very phenomenal. They're very thankful for the course. Um, so that's one of the things you do, get involved in a course or help uh, put together a course in your community. And um, when you know the skills you'll be able to save lives. And, and so that's our ultimate goal. We want to train as many people as we can um, to not only uh, be involved in what we're doing, but to save the folks that we'll never know. And um, if we can make that network as deep and wide as possible, then hopefully we can save more lives. 
That's great. That's what it's yeah, all about. Noble cause. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it's about. Uh, it, it just seems like to be such a tragedy to have this, uh, even to have this discussion in our nation. And I've got to challenge us. And I, as I say this, it sounds like more of a condemning statement, but I, I'd like to say that our nation needs to rise uh, like the spirit of 45 as we come together and watch those that are deploying come back to us. We can't let them down in the final march home, uh, you know, and back into integration. And as you had indicated, so many of them being with uh Reserve units. That's a tough. Uh, most of us came back, you know, to just our maybe our mother and father, and that was significant enough. Let alone children and wives and everything else. So we need to rise to the occasion, and we certainly have the capacity. We just need to have the will and the dedication to do such as you do, Chaplain. And I, I so appreciate your efforts. Well, I thank you guys, and and just the the fact that you are on the air with me talking about it uh, is a great, great encouragement to me because caregivers need uh, uh, that encouragement as well. And that's one of the things that we we tell other chaplains, you know, you have got to have somebody that that you're able to break bread with, so to speak, and just share your your deepest concerns because caregiver burnout uh, is a huge problem as well. And uh, yep. we don't want that to happen to anybody either. That's true. And you said there was a 900% increase uh, uh, in individuals trained as caregivers. Oh, absolutely. The, the, uh, if if um, caregivers, uh, I'm not sure what the 900 was referring to. Gary, remind me of that. I'm not sure what that. Okay, it was, uh, you said more than 900% increase in individuals oh, trained well. as caregivers. No, no, we're up to 1,240% now. I'm sorry. Wow. No, wow. Yeah, that's the, the um, when we this first started, uh, we first year we trained 80 uh, caregivers in 2013, and so far this year in 2014, we've trained over 1,000 um, caregivers all across the country, and we still got three months left, so I'm um, very excited about uh, finishing out strong this year and uh, moving toward uh, uh, 2015 with the even more people out there helping to do what we do so that lives can be saved. Well, Chaplain, this, well, is, Chap- this is Bill. I, I have a quick suggestion for you uh, for your consideration, and it's back again to the, to the faith community and the churches. You know, I've, I've worked with some churches here in my area in Maryland, and I got a few of them to consider establishing uh, what we call a veterans ministry in the church. And here's an opportunity where members of the congregation can be recognized on uh, uh, days such as uh, Veterans Day, uh, uh, Memorial Day. Uh, I, I think that that's, that's something that goes over very well because uh, any in any segment of our population, in the church in particular, somebody has served in a family, whether it's the father, now mothers, sisters, and brothers, and even to the extended family, also from this ministry of being able to hold seminars uh, uh, at the church with veterans' issues where you can uh, open it up to your communities to get people come in. And I think you'll find that there's a possibility that might have some impact on expanding congregations. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that. I, 
And if we can network with you up in Maryland, we'd be glad to come up there and, and uh, help out with a seminar up your way as well. So uh, it kind of goes back to that Old Testament uh, picture of you, you build on your side of the wall and I'll build on mine. And if I need your help, I'll call you. And if you need my help, you call me. And that's kind of the way we believe that we're all trying to rebuild the wall and, and restore the, the, the city and and, and it's the same principle here that we're involved in with uh, suicide prevention. Yes, sir. And, that, and, and, if, and if we can make that wall a transparent, we can look through on both sides and see how we're progressing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, Chaplain, I have to say this, Jim, again. Uh, I, uh, you've uh, you've uh, motivated me. I'll, I'm one of your first recruits, and uh, I will be in contact, and we'll start something here in the southern Oregon end of the world, and uh, we'll... Uh, will affect this and the community as much as possible by God's grace. I appreciate that. And I didn't realize you were in Oregon. Um, <laughs> I, uh, my stepdad is actually out in Oregon, been out there all summer. He's a, he's a missionary out there. So I don't know if he's listening today, but uh, uh, Don Gordy is out in Oregon and he's been telling me I need to come out to Oregon. So maybe we, oh, maybe yeah. we can make something happen out there. That'd be great. All right. It's a gorgeous place. Make sure you have it uh, Wednesday open because he'll take you to the uh, the Breakfast Club. Oh, that'd be great! <laughs> that'd be super. Yeah, they have what now? Sixty sixty members. There are there is in excess of sixty. We have two former POWs. We have uh, uh, um, pilots that flew back the first POWs from Hanoi in there. It's a, it's it's a phenomenon that's happening across the United States. And Gary and I've been talking about yet another outreach uh, and organizational effort to uh, encourage individuals to meet on a regular basis for camaraderie. Right, so, exactly. How does it sound, the American Heroes Breakfast Club? Uh, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can't beat that, right, Bill? <laughs> that's right, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, Jim, you brought up uh, halfway through the show more or less about, uh, you know, when, when guys came back from Nam, you know, and, and you're right. Uh, we never heard about the PTSD. We never heard about the TBI. Um, or were they different names? Uh, I mean, they, they still had to occur in our military. Um, yes, I, you know, and I think part, Gary uh, and Chaplin and uh, Bill, I think it's a little bit, I think what's happening now, I'm going to guess, and, uh, and, and I'll, I'll, the opinion will probably change once I sit through a training class uh, with you, Chaplin, that uh, uh, I think it's a disconnected where we feel so isolated. I know I felt that way. Uh, those that, were, uh, that stayed back and uh, here in the United States had no concept what I had just encountered after uh, two tours in Vietnam. And I think that's the same case for those that are uh, in active duty now and returning. And I think that has to be the fluctuation that we're seeing or the influx of, of uh, suicides. It's despair and disconnect and devaluation right. of an individual's worth in that environment because uh, war calls upon individuals. Chaplin used to say to me this. He said, Jim, these, these soldiers are asked to do something that God did not ask them to do initially, and that's a big diversion from their, their soul guidance system, and that's troubling them, and we need to talk to them. 
And so that's what we did on a nightly basis. So, uh, yes, it, it's a phenomenon that I think is increasing, and, and the words PTSD and, and now suicide, we're ashamed to talk about it. If we weren't ashamed to talk about it, then why aren't those statistics universal in every single state reporting them with clarity? That's a great point. That is true. So we're ashamed. We're ashamed of what we're doing to our troops. That's my. That's my sense. If we weren't ashamed of it, it would be that would be just another statistic out there. And certainly, the government runs by statistics. And why is that one fuzzed? There's a reason. And right. uh, we need to move beyond that, that that blockage. And we need to meet the needs just as you are, Chaplain. And that's why I say. God bless you for your efforts. Uh, I think it'll have nothing but success because of the, your dedication and the reason you're doing it. And uh, like I say, you'll be hearing from me. I'm part of a new recruit. Hey, that sounds wonderful. That does. Hey, one of the things I think about when the Gary was, when you were talking about what did we call it back in the day. Right. I, I wasn't around back in the day, but the word that popped in my mind is shell shock. I think that was mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that what for the uh, that was for the TBI though, right? I mean, right. Uh, right. Yeah. and that was of course that was W one or W two, and then uh, Korea and uh, Vietnam. We uh, you know, and it wasn't real popular. None of it was popular. We certainly remember the movie about Patton with the troop in Italy, and uh, how he dealt with that. That well, that's what it was. Was shell shock uh, PTSD that that uh, troop was uh, suffering under. Right, and uh, you know whatever. So, when I run across across guys that come in my office uh, that uh, uh, had PTSD uh, for 50 years, and and uh, mm-hmm. at least they're realizing it, um, and they are trying to get help for it. But 50 years they had PTSD from Nam, yeah. Yeah. which is uh, sometimes a sad case, sad scenario. Yeah. Okay. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left, and Ken, we it was great having you on the show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing, Ken? Well, one of the things I would share is, you know, this is this has been uh, Suicide Prevention Month, um, but I'm always a little bit weary. You know, I'm even weary of Memorial Day because I deal with so many soldiers who are sharing their 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 thoughts with me about a buddy that lost. Every day is Memorial Day to me, and yeah. um, and so you know, yes, I'm thankful that we have had. Uh, September as Suicide Prevention Month, but come October 1st, don't forget it. That's what I would say. Uh, maintain a vigilance, uh, keep your awareness level high, um, and by all means, I would encourage people, whether they get our training or somebody else's training, get the training that can save lives. That's that's my final word, is just get the training that can save lives, because there's so many people out there who are suffering, who are broken, who are in despair, and they need that hope restored. And sometimes it takes a person to come alongside them. I'm reminded of the words in Exodus 33. It says, come stand by me because there's a rock you can stand on. And and so that's the word I would leave you with. Uh, You know, let's let's be a rock to other people and help them uh, regain that hope that they've lost. All right. All right. Bill? Uh, Chaplain Kuhn, thank you very much for your service to this country and your continued service to veterans. Uh, You know, I believe the greatest void in the veteran community is a lack of information. And what you're doing through your medium, you can be that beacon with additional information that helps them along the way to recovery. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Jim? 
Chaplain Kuhn, God bless your effort. Uh, Godspeed in it. Uh, it has a mandate by God to save and to protect, and uh, you're doing that. God bless you. Yes. Thank you, Ken. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And yes, you can hear all these archived shows right from your phone. And remember, the American Heroes Network radio spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest, Ken Kuhn, Director for Armed Forces Mission, signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes. Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. Everyone have a terrific week, and we'll see you next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. 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 (laughs) Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of.